It is Sunday, March 29th, 2015. This is U62 The Targ. Let's do it. As we say in the radio business, if you put that on the radio, people will listen to it. All right, here it comes. Anyone who isn't dead or from another plane of existence would do well to cover their ears right about now. Why, what a little tiny microchip deep inside some electronics. Broadcasting to the world through the miracle of the internet. Ladies and gentlemen, this is U62, the TAR. Now your host, a man with a lifelong dream of getting paid to do this, Mark Pappas. On this week's show, the music of Cletus T. Judd updating all the Marvel news and sampling Japanese Kit Gats. It's episode 8.3, Secret Origins. So sit back, relax, grab yourself some warm root beer and a towel that's oh so fluffy. You 62 the tar, you're in for something special. Enjoy the show. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Mark Cap is here, and welcome to this week's episode of the Targ. You probably noticed there was no podcast last week, so as is the tradition, here is the excuse as to why there was no show last week. First up, on Saturday, in my day job, I was live on location, and then Sunday, my parents came to visit, so that ate up all my podcasting time on the weekend. I even have a doctor's note, even though I didn't go to see the doctor, so I hope that helps. The doctor's note is available upon request, just send me an email. So then, let's check in on the tweets, shall we? For the for, for the first couple of shows now, I've been asking you if you want music in the podcast or not. I have some people, they enjoy the music, but right now the majority is saying, no, they don't want the music. But a compromise is being reached. I kind of like this idea. Some are recommending that maybe I just limit myself to one song per show and then give a little speech about why I enjoy that song. And you know what? I can get behind that. A song of the show feature. I like that idea. I mean, as I said before, the music is pretty much filler, right? Well, actually, it goes a little earlier than that. See, when I started this podcast, it grew out of my frustration of no one hiring me when I was looking for my first radio job. In fact, the idea was given to me by one of my instructors at Nate. I will forever be grateful for my instructors at Nate. As I've blogged before, it took me a year out of school before I found a radio gig. And during that year, my instructors at Nate were incredibly supportive. They were always doing stuff like letting me sneak back into school after hours and use their studios and stuff to cut a new demo. Forever grateful. And those evenings when I was sneaking back in, I would invariably wind up chatting with my old teachers about, you know, job tips and finding out why no one was hiring me. And one night, I was chatting with one of my instructors, and the age-old question came up, how do I get more experience when no one will hire me? Because lack of experience was the top excuse I was getting at the time. And my instructor, he was like, well, you were the computer geek in your class. Have you thought about doing a podcast? And I'm like, what's a podcast? So he explained it to me. I went home that night. I did a little more research online, finding out all about podcasting, and... It sounded like a good way to go. 
So, around that same time was when the Ralph Bucks were sent out to all of us Albertans, so I used my Ralph Bucks to get myself some proper server space so I could host the podcast, and I also bought myself a really decent microphone so I could do it at home. Again, that was because of my instructor. He was, I was getting ready to go to Radio Shack and just buy a $20 microphone, but he's like, no, 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 no. You're doing this to showcase your stuff, so get a really good microphone and do everything professionally. So I wound up going to Axe Music and getting one of the very first USB condenser microphones. Yeah, I know, a little too far in the other direction, but hey, it's a good microphone. And if you're looking to start your own podcast, I recommend you get one, because that was 10 years ago. There are now dozens of USB studio quality microphones. You just plug into your computer and you're off to the races. Usually when I'm using my home setup, I use Audacity, which is a free open source audio editor program. It works real good for me. But as I've said before, I've made it no secret that doing the podcast now, I sneak into work on the weekends and use the professional equipment because, hey, if I have access to a semi-professional recording studio, why not use it? So with, with all that equipment in hand, I launched the podcast. Ah, nine years ago, April of 2006. Yeah, this podcast is just about celebrating its ninth anniversary. And again, to showcase my stuff, the original idea behind the podcast was this would be a simulation of what I can do on the radio, so let's make it as realistic a radio show as possible. And that meant music. And that's why there's music in the podcast, but... A lot of people are saying, I really don't need to do that anymore. So I'm liking that idea. Let's do a song of the show feature where I just play one song and then pontificate about it. And so for my first song of the show, I have selected Cletus T. Judd, If Shania Was Mine. If Shania was mine, wouldn't be proud of me Couldn't hardly blame her cause I'm so darned ugly But on our first date, we could have a good time If I got her on the moonshine If Shania was mine, say it fit just right Though my polyester suit was just a little too tight And there's no way I'd have a bad hair day Cause I'd buy a new toupee Oh, I'd love to seduce her But she married her producer Now all I do is pray, pray, pray She'll get a divorce someday If Shania was mine I'd probably lose my mind If she only squeezed me, teased me, pleased me one good time And if she only knew all the things I do I'd be the lawn mowing, crop growing, tater peeling And I was mine. <laughs> well, if Shania was mine, she'd have to agree. Can't no one cook roadkill better than me. And a dozen mountain oysters and some old fat back, she'd say, Mmm, I like it like that, Chuck. Now all I do is wonder who's better boots have been under. I wish it had a been. Girl, so doggone fine. If Shania was mine, I think I'd go slap blind. Staring at her yummy little tummy and her booty shaking round behind. And if she only knew 
all the things I do. I'd be the lawn mowing, crop growing, tater peeling, house cleaning kind. If she nigh, if she nigh, if she nigh, if she nigh, if she nigh. Now, was that Mud Lang or D. White Yoakum? <laughs> when she shimmies and shakes, it's more than I can take. Oh, what she does to me in them videos. Wife's gonna leave me if I don't explain what I see in Shania Twain. I'd love to see her in a magazine. Centerfold, if you know what I mean. Oh, Mia, oh, my, I wish that Shania would buy me a house in South Carolina. The Weird Al Yankovic of country music, Cletus T. Judd with If Shania Was Mine. Off of his 1996 album, I Stole This Record, and his only album that went gold. Yes, that late 90s was when I was really into uh, country music, and I've always loved Weird Al, so when I heard there was a Weird Al Yankovic of country music, of course I had to seek it out. Over the past 20 years, Cletus T. Judd really has changed his act somewhat. That was only his second album, and as you can hear in that, he was kind of doing a very nasally Larry the Cable Guy kind of voice whenever he sang. But in the early 2000s, he stopped doing that voice, and he just sang in his natural singing voice, which is a little bit like Toby Keith, actually. Uh, but, you know, he never really did have the same kind of breakout success as Weird Al Yankovic. His uh, highest charting single came out in the early 2000s. It was called I Love NASCAR, a parody of I Love This Bar from Toby Keith. And just looking at his song catalog, I think I know why he didn't reach the same success as Weird Al Yankovic. He was a little too one joke. I mean, with Weird Al's parodies, Weird Al's would make comments on pop culture in general. But with Cletus T. Judd, it was like he would take the song and he would be like, okay, what stereotype about country music fans can I make this about? And that was it. So he was a little too one joke. But other than that, you know, he had a successful 20-year career. He announced he was officially retiring back in January. So yeah, 20 years out of one joke, I've known radio announcers who've done less. You're listening to Mark Kappas. It's clear to all of you that I am awesome. On U62, The Targ. Let's see now, taking a look at some of the big movie news of the past week. There was an awful lot of Marvel news that trickled out, you know, a whole bunch of little bits. Uh, let's take a look at some of this here. First up, as I talked about in my first podcast, Marvel has Spider-Man back. Rumor is Spider-Man's going to be making his first appearance in Captain America's Civil War. The good news, Marvel has begun casting their new Spider-Man. The bad news, it's all white dudes. So for those who are hoping for Miles Morales, you're probably going to have to wait for the next reboot. Across the street at 20th Century Fox over at the X-Men franchise, Jennifer Lawrence has announced she's going to be done playing Mystique after X-Men Apocalypse. You know, that makes perfectly good sense to me. You know, when it comes to things like this, they usually just sign the actors to a trilogy. I mean, Nicholas Holt, who plays Beast, he also announced that he also signed for a trilogy, so that Apocalypse will probably be his last X-Men film. So yeah, you know, that's fairly typical. I'm not going to make too big a deal about that. The Russo Brothers, they did uh, Captain America, The Winter Soldier, and they're also directing Captain America, The Civil War. Apparently, they are all but confirmed to be doing The Avengers Infinity War Parts 1 and 2. You know, that makes sense. 
Captain America The Winter Soldier was phenomenal for how they juggled so many characters but still made it a Captain America movie. So you can tell that for Avengers Infinity War, the ensemble is going to be huge. So they're a good job at doing that. It also kind of shows, you know, Marvel's strategy right now because they're hiring a lot of TV directors right now. I mean, Joss Whedon, he came out of television. The Russo brothers, well, Kevin Feige, the president of Marvel, he says what landed the Russo brothers their gig doing Captain America the Winter Soldier was the paintball episodes of Community because the Russo brothers did those and they are hilarious. So yeah, Russo brothers moving into the big time. Uh, let's see. What else? Ah, Captain Marvel. That's another Marvel movie in the works. Apparently, Captain Marvel has already been cast, and she'll be making her first appearance in the post-credit stinger of Avengers Age of Ultron. Although, as I was coming over here to record this, I was reading that that has now been debunked, so it's probably not going to happen. But still, it'd be nice to hope. Uh, let's see. Other things that came about. Uh, we got to look at uh, Ryan Reynolds' first uh, look at Deadpool, as played by Ryan Reynolds. He looks... He looks like Deadpool, you know, so high hopes for that film. And yeah, that's about it for the Marvel news. I tell you, lots of good stuff going on over at Marvel. Hopefully they can keep this momentum. You know, it's almost like Pixar. You love that they're doing so much good stuff, but you can't help but wait. What's the first film that's going to suck? A lot of people say that was Iron Man 2, but I kind of liked Iron Man 2. So what you going to do? U62 The Dark has everything you want in a podcast. Batman and Weird Al, it's the holy trinity of pop culture. Download it today at galsinabox.com. And now it's time for another installment of Mark Tastes Random Things, an installment that could very well kill me. So as I've talked about before, I spent a year in Japan. My best friend did it too. Hell, about the main reason why I did it was simply because he was doing it. And while I came back with a few, you know, typical souvenirs, he came back with a wife and child. So as such, he goes back to Japan quite frequently in order to visit the in-laws and stuff like that. So last time he went to Japan, he was all like, So Mark, anything I can bring you? And I said, Bring me back the Kit Kats. This has been all over the internet for a while now, but Kit Kats are huge in Japan, and they frequently make Kit Kats in different flavors. In my time in Japan, I remember banana-flavored Kit Kats, raspberry, strawberry, orange, white Kit Kats. Now, just a Kit Kat made with white chocolate, but it was awesome. So I asked him, please bring me back some of the Japanese Kit Kats because that's what I miss the most when it comes to Japanese junk food. So he brought me back three Japanese Kit Kats, regular, dark chocolate, and green tea. So how is this installment of Mark Taste Random Things possibly going to kill me? Well, my friend went to Japan back in the summer. These have been sitting in my fridge since July. And when he said he'd bring me back the Japanese Kit Kats, he said, I'll give them to you on one condition. You gotta do them on Mark Tastes Random Things. So yeah, these have been in my fridge since July. I don't know if they're still good. Let's start with the Green Tea Japanese Kit Kat. Expiry date, December 2014. So these could possibly still be good. You know, I've stored them properly in my fridge. So yeah, green tea is a very big flavor in Japan, right? It's almost like vanilla over here. Everything comes in green tea flavors. So 
I've unwrapped the green tea Kit Kat from its wrapper. It's melted a little bit. Let's have a break today. Doesn't taste too bad. Mmm. Oh, okay. It tastes like chocolate mixed with green tea, pretty much. Chocolate green tea. I wonder if they make that tea flavor yet. So to fully complete my Japanese junk food experience, in order to cleanse my palate between these Kit Kats, I got a bottle of my favorite Japanese soft drink, Kalpiko, when I was in Edmonton. Occasionally, I swing by the TNT Asian supermarket in West Edmonton Mall and treat myself to a bottle. Again, this has been sitting in my fridge since July, so this could possibly kill me. Expiry date, September 14. So yeah, let's have a swig of Calpico here. Doesn't taste too bad. Again, my favorite Japanese soft drink. It's kind of sweet, but it's made from fermented milk, so you get kind of that sting of alcohol in it as well. Sweet, yet stingy. Best way to describe it. So now, let's move on to the dark chocolate Kit Kats. Again, kind of disappointed that they didn't have like any of the banana or orange flavors because those were my favorites. So dark chocolate, I'm expecting, you know, dark chocolatey Kit Kat. Again, doesn't look too bad. Doesn't smell like it's gone bad. Huh, smells like Easter actually, with Easter right around the corner and all the Easter chocolate. Yeah, it smells like Easter chocolate. Mmm. Yep. Tastes like a regular Kit Kat, only you know. The dark chocolate really does give it a bit more of an unusual flavor. Mmm. Yep. Good and Kit Katty. Another swig of Calpico to cleanse the palate. To really recreate my Japanese junk food experience. I really need one of those rice ball things. I forget what they're called. You pick them up at the convenience stores like sandwiches or anything like that. You know, it's a ball of rice. In the center, they usually have some kind of meat filling, you know, because seafood is big in Japan. It's usually like tuna or salmon or something like that. And then it's wrapped in seaweed. Sunday afternoon, I'd hit the convenience store, get my Kit Kat, get my bottle of Calpico, get one of those rice ball things, and I'd head down to the park and have me a picnic under the beautiful Kumagaya skies. If I ever do go back to Japan, it'll be purely for the junk food. Stop at McDonald's, have a teriyaki McBurger. Oh, I miss Japanese junk food. Okay, so the last one, just the regular plain old Kit Kat. Opening up the wrapper here gonna sample yep yeah, it looks like a kit kat doesn't smell like it's gone bad oh tastes like a kit kat tastes like a good old regular kit kat mm. Mm. that's a lot of chocolate and a swig of calpico to cleanse the palate Good stuff. Yes, expired soft drinks and chocolate on fishing in the discount bin today. Whoa, I'm getting my bits mixed up. I think that's the food poisoning kicking in. Sadly, though, this is not the end of all the uh, flavored Kit Kats. 
as was quite the uh, internet sensation a few months ago, they also came out with a bakeable Kit Kat. You put that in your oven for a few minutes and it comes out and it bakes up into a nice little Kit Kat cake. He sent me some of those as well. They're currently sitting in my freezer. I haven't made them yet because I'm looking for English instructions. Uh, toaster ovens are a lot bigger in Japan than they are over here, so the instructions I keep finding online are to bake them up in a toaster oven. And I don't have a toaster oven, so I'm looking for regular oven instructions, and once I do that, I will be baking them and sampling them here on the show. That is, if I don't die because I've been eating all this expired junk food. Mark Kappas, you should have been nicer to him in high school. I sit next to that guy in civics. Look at his fucking dick. Mark Kappas on U62. The Targ. Well, I think I'm about all rambled out for this week's episode of The Targ. I got big weekend plans now. My Blu-ray of The Hobbit trilogy arrives, so I'm going to sit down and watch The Hobbit. The Hobbit was good for the most part, but, well, I guess I did find it mildly disappointing. As I've said before, The Lord of the Rings, I'm rather indifferent about. Never been able to get through Lord of the Rings because it's so dense with universe building. But I love The Hobbit. The Hobbit is a fun and easy read. I've read it many times. One of my favorite books. So I was really looking forward to The Hobbit movies, but... They decided to expand it into a trilogy. And man, oh man, can you feel the padding? I wish they kind of stuck with their second plan for doing the Hobbit movies. You know, their first plan was the Hobbit was going to be a single movie. And then for the second movie, they were going to pour through all of uh, J.R.R. Tolkien's appendices and stuff and come up with an original film that bridged the gap between the Hobbit and Lord of the Rings. That was their original plan. But then they abandoned that and they were like, nope, we're just going to cut The Hobbit in half, make The Hobbit into two movies. And boom, that was the perfect idea. While The Hobbit isn't as dense as Lord of the Rings, with uh, two movies, you could really take your time and start talking about the stuff and kind of losing my train of thought. By dividing it into two movies, you could really take your time and embellish the novel a little bit. Not embellish, relish. As you can tell, I'm having a lot of trouble talking on this Saturday. Two movies was the way to go with The Hobbit. That's the point I'm trying to make. But then when they started filming The Hobbit, we heard that all that stuff about trying to bridge the gap between The Hobbit and Lord of the Rings, Peter Jackson was filming that stuff anyways. And we were all like, well, okay, Peter Jackson likes his extended editions. Maybe this will be an extended editions. But then he announced, well, guess what? I really, 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 really want to tie this in more closely with The Hobbit. So all of that stuff about bridging the gap, that is now a big subplot. And that subplot is so big, it's now a trilogy. And I'm like, oh, God. So that's my biggest problem with The Hobbit. You know, all of that stuff with trying to bridge the gap, you can really feel the padding. That's why the first movie, I think, is the best of the trilogy. It was a, a long time before they decided to really go whole hog into making that bridging the gap subplot. So the first movie really does feel like The Hobbit and how a Hobbit movie should be. But I got the trilogy. I'm going to go watch the trilogy, and I hope you have great plans for the rest of your weekend as well. I'm Mark Kappas. This has been The Targ. I will see you next week.
Well, no, you won't, because I'll probably be gone next week, too, because it's Easter and I'll be going home to visit family. So I'll see you in two weeks. And this brings us to the end of another exciting episode of The Targ. Don't forget you can download a new episode of The Targ every week at chaosinabox.com. The Targ is written and produced by Mark Kappas under the watchful eye of 42 Star Wars action figures. The Targ is a Chaos in a Box production. Let's go home!